What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, Ivan Lovegren, back from Dallas, Texas, Ooh. in the card show. How are you? It's been a crazy week in the hobby for me personally, Rob. So I'm I'm excited to be here and be able to hopefully unpack a little bit of it with you as well as what's been going on for everyone else in the hobby this past week. Um, how was last week? I missed the show. It was a good show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we rocked it. We had some uh, nice boxes, some great hits, some good content. This week, this week's show is just crazy on the content side. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so why don't we just tell you about that? We're going to bring in, uh, in a little bit, our guest, Onyx Authenticated, Lance Fisher. We're excited to talk to him about his expansion into football and basketball. We've got a really deep hobby happenings with a ton of stuff going on around the hobby. We've got a uh, Dallas show recap part one, some content with Rich Klein, courtesy of Ivan, down at the show this past weekend. We've got a segment from BenchClear Media. Uh, you know, we love the crew over there. I thought Ty did a great job talking about what I always thought could happen. If it if it, something's going to affect the market, it's going to be something at the macro level. And so Ty talks a little bit about inflation as it relates to the hobby. Uh, we've got Hot in the Shop and a couple box breaks, highlights from some boxes, and... Uh, yeah, even more. So let's dive right into it. We kick things off, as always, with our Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll. I thought this was a pretty fun one, Ivan. I uh, got my, I saw a couple of entities' tweets and I said, you know what? There it is. So when it comes to vintage, and I know that definition can be an argument in and of itself, but for the purpose of this question, well, you helped with the definition. In yeah. Of what you let's meant, say so. pre 1984 rookie cards. So vintage rookie cards. And based on a couple of the replies, some of you missed that keyword, which would you rather own a PSA nine copy of said rookie card or an autographed PSA four copy? And to give you an idea of just what that might look like, because the subject of both have been at recent auctions regard Willie Mays's rookie card. Mm. And um, I think James is going to show you a picture of them side by side. It's they're both beautiful first and foremost. And thank wow. you. And so, um, Wow, already 241 of you voting, uh, weighing in already, and about 64% going for the PSA 9, and about 36% going the autographed PSA 4. And um, be, uh, before we get to some of your replies, which I really like and I, I think should be discussed, um, Ivan, did you have an opportunity to weigh in on the poll? And if not, would you do so now for us? Uh, yeah, no, I totally did. Uh, I'm in the, again, shocked here, vast minority with my autographed PS4, but it came down to a few things. Um, well, actually, you didn't. I read it too. I did read it too fast. I thought for sure you said Hall of Fame rookie cards. Um, so I guess it's not Hall of Fame rookie cards. But for me, the auto 
trumps the grade on those older cards. It's a little different with modern cards because autographs, um, you know, are, are an official part of it now. But with older cards like that, where you can't pack pull autographs and where, you know, that we don't know how much longer the players have with us in a lot of cases, I would gladly have an autograph PSA four over a PSA nine. Uh, and it goes back to my, my young days collecting. I always thought it was really cool that guys would autograph cards. I think we can take it a little for granted now that we're used to them being in packs. Like what it takes to actually get a autograph on a vintage card. Uh, agreed. Um, I voted the same way, Ivan. Um, I went with the autographed PSA four. I just think there's something really, really growing and appeal to me of the idea of vintage rookie cards that are autographed. And while I definitely obviously see the appeal of a PSA nine and you know, if you have the money, why can't you own both? I mean, not that <laughs> I have the money, but I, I just think that that's really cool. You look at that Willie Mays rookie autographed card and I'm just like, yeah. So that's what I clicked. Um, but you and I are in the minority, but we are only eight minutes into the show. Let's see what happens. We will update this for sure later in the program. Yeah. So again, make Rob and I not feel terrible, but actually vote your truth also. Uh, but if you have not yet voted in the poll, go to twitter.com slash go GTS live. And it's the pinned tweet up there. So it's nice and easy. Uh, you just Click on that. And the reason we like to start off with that is because we're going to be doing giveaways throughout the show. And the giveaways are also tied to our Twitter account. So you do have to be following us on Twitter to win the giveaways later. So let's start a little dialogue and also make sure that you're following by going to Go GTS Live on Twitter and voting in that poll right now. So. So some of the replies from you guys are great at Femme Den. I love autographed items. They help me feel connected and it makes the card feel more than cardboard. It is a living piece of history, especially if it's a you know caliber of Clemente, Aaron, Mantle, Maze, DiMaggio. High grades may be worth more, but give me the auto. Uh, but Ricky Hedrick says, conversely, I want it pure like it came out of the pack. Uh, let's see. I'll take I like the auto what Eric, without a go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I like what Eric Bailey said. Grading is someone's opinion. An autograph is that player personally taking time to sign that card. I'm yeah. going for the autograph all day. Yep. So Ted Dastic Jr. said I'll take the auto without question. Grading means nothing to me. Uh K at uh, which is at all's fair on Twitter says auto all the way, especially if it's for my PC. So interesting. And uh, thank you for engaging. Um, now, I love it when the poll question resonates. Let me add one more layer to that, Rob. Answer super quick. What player from your team would this most apply to? From my team. Yeah. My team. So like, my team not my Mickey team. Mantle. Not, not, you know, like the my biggest, team, most expensive team. one. My team. My team. Um, You're a White Sox guy, right? A Louis Aparicio. There you go. Ernie Banks, of course, here. Yeah. I was I was gonna do a mock up actually. If you if you were to disagree, I was gonna um I just didn't have time. I was getting ready to put up <laughs> an Ernie Banks rookie card, PSA nine versus one autographed and a PSA four, so you could see. Um 
That's no, I, cause I kinda, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that you picked that. I feel like on another occasion you might've picked something else, but it seemed like this just from a PC standpoint, which we didn't even mention, but was kind of, you know, alluded to, uh, a total agreement. Yeah. So fun <laughs> stuff. Yep. Uh, where are we at with our guest, James? Okay. Just, I will. Um, and while there I'm doing is, that, our, Ivan, tell us a little bit, not picking up the phone. <laughs> tell us a little <laughs> bit, um, about the Dallas card show. Yeah. So I had the uh, amazing blessing to get to go to Dallas for the Dallas card show this past weekend, um, which is pretty fun. If you're in Dallas, maybe it's a little easier. I'm in Los Angeles. So this involved a plane trip, involved masks, involved figuring out how to get from the Dallas airport all the way to Allen, Texas, which is its own story in and of itself. Um, that said, it was super fun. Uh, there was quite a few of you that I got to meet viewers of the show, friends of the show, Twitter, friends, hobby, community, friends, Lots of people I hadn't seen in forever that I got to see. Um, I, Hobby Hotline was there doing a live show and very graciously asked me to sit on the panel with them. Um, How'd that so go? That kind of fun. It was really cool. Drew Herndon was uh, running the mic there and uh, helped out with Brad, Texas card guy. And uh, they had Kyle Robertson, who's the organizer of the show, on. So if you really want to understand what they're trying to do in Dallas, because actually a common thing that comes up is, well, could we do like a, a second national or could we compete with a national? And Kyle has a very specific focus. He wants the Dallas card show to be about the dealers, the buyers, the sellers, the floor being buzz filled and excitement. He doesn't want stages and giveaways and promos. And it was kind of interesting and, and not in a negative way. He's just like, I built this show for the dealers and for the collectors that are coming in. And I wanted to feel that way. And it made me think, I was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. That really is what the buzz there is, um, you know, versus the national, which does have a lot more, you know, your, your grading booths that are all big and spread out your, corporate pavilions, you know, even like the tops and upper deck, they each have lounges and space and things like that. So, um, so just an interesting comparison, but really cool to see the size of it and then to be able to be part of it and have a little bit of the media component fit in there as well. So very cool. I'm going to get, uh, I could talk more, but I just wanted to check and what, see if we had any words from Lance. What was the, the, the pulse on the floor as far as uh, people's impression of the current state of the market. So here's the funniest thing with that is, and this is where narratives become so powerful. And also the big difference between a pandemic world and a post pandemic world, as more people are getting out there is it's actually really tough when you're at a show to have your finger on the pulse of the market because all you're seeing is right there. Right. So it was a really weird week and that literally Wednesday and Thursday, I saw a lot of hobby talk on Twitter, on Facebook about a dip. And when I got back to my hotel room Saturday night and started comping things after the NBA playoffs, I saw multiple things that were taking off on eBay. But when you're in that room and you heard this the night before, you've got this feeling of like, well, I have to be careful. I have to spend money more carefully. 
So a lot of the dealers said like it was kind of a, a, a shifted show from the one three weeks earlier. But then today I was at a hobby shop a week later and people are going crazy over the NBA playoff stuff, over the new soccer products that just hit that, you know, ripping the wax on those. So it's it's just kind of interesting how we try to boil things down, and, you know, to like a moment. But it really like if our focus is so narrow, we can miss the big things going on. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely um, a little slower in terms of people being more cautious with their money, both, you know, dealers buying and people buying. Um, but it's it's also healthy. You know, if we start thinking about like the fact that there's these silos, you know, the, the Dallas show is a silo. eBay is a silo. Sometimes people jump on eBay to sell something, you know, fast and 20 percent less than the most recent comp. Does that mean that's the price of it? No, I don't know. Exactly. So. All right. Well, appreciate that. And we'll talk more later. But now we want to bring in our good friend and special guest, Lance Fisher from Onyx Authenticated. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Sorry. It looks like there was a little bit of a, a disconnect there. So I apologize for being late. No, no worries at all. We always have plenty <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Um, I specifically wanted to have you on Lance because, well, you know, you and I at this point go way back, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans and supporters and always have been. And I just, I wanted to have you on to publicly congratulate you on your recent forays into football and now <laughs> basketball <laughs> as well. I mean, What's going on, my man? You were you were baseball only, and now you're multi-sport all the way. Yeah, no, listen, it's uh, we've been wanting to go into football for quite some time. I mean, that's that's really my background is football. Um, you know, at the time when we started this business, baseball made more sense. Um, we started memorabilia, and then in Vegas uh, during the summit, we introduced our, our first trading card product with. Uh, which was okay, you know, I had a little bit to be desired, but, you know, we had to get a gauge of what the market was going to tell us to do and, you know, what the, the collectors wanted to see. So here we are now with football. I think football was a, uh, blew me away. I, it was a resounding success. Um, I think people were pretty happy about uh, what was in the product itself. Um, the secondary value of the cards, I would have never guessed to go as high as they are. So, uh, you know, it seemed like it was a win all around, you know, for the collectors and investors. It's a great thing. I mean, you, you, you have a talent for hitting a sweet spot with people and to see, to see the success that you've generated outside of the, you know, the big bigger manufacturers, if you will. Right. And, uh, it's just nice to see. And I know Ivan's always been a big fan. Look at him. He's drooling at secondary well, market prices. Yeah, I, I love it. This is great. I mean, I'm it's, like, uh, I gotta go check eBay. <laughs> there's a, there's a Zach Wilson auto numbered to 25, which is not necessarily scarce with how, uh, relatively little product you right. make per product run. That's about to end at four hundred dollars on eBay. What's the price of a box of the football product? Yeah, uh, I mean it, it. It's a great question, Ivan. It, it varies. You, you know, I've now. seen it. If you can find, if you can find them, I, I've seen them anywhere from I think fifty-five on the low end to seventy-five to eighty, and um, 
yeah, you're right. It, the 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 secondary market on these things are uh, are crazy, and it, it's good because it gives us a good feel for you know going into football, going into basketball, which we could touch on here in a second, but going into football into next year because now we're like okay. We we got the relationships now with the agencies, the players um, to let you guys know football was the easiest product to make because as soon as and I'm not even sure how this happened, but as soon as the wind blew the fact that we were going to do football, I had every major agency calling to see if they could get their guys in the product. Um, <laughs> wow. I was shocked. I mean, they they had heard about Onyx Baseball. They had seen the designs and the vintage look. And, uh, you know, obviously at the within the agency industry, they all talk. They all know what's going on. And um, it, it blew me away. We filled the checklist up so fast um, with, with incredible draft names and, um, and then legends. I mean, we could have added a lot more legends and, and current stars because of, you know, uh, the, the player association limitations. We didn't, we only did one active guy and that was Jason, uh, or I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. Um, but we could have added a few more. So, uh, you Wait, know, going Justin into Herbert year. autographs in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rookie oh. of the year. We had him inscribe some rookie of the year ones too. That's really wow. cool. I mean, <laughs> Looking at some of the secondary market values, while it obviously brings a big, huge smile to your face in one regard, mm -hmm. do you feel maybe you left too much money on the table at the, the SRP that it went out <laughs> at? I mean, it seems like you might be able to charge a little bit more for that product, Lance. I might get in trouble at my own company, but. <laughs> no, you know what? We, yeah, we, we probably could have. But I think, you know, being a collector at heart, and, and knowing what the market's doing now. And we've always been about value add. You know, we want people to, you know, not just collectors, but anyone who's in this industry, because it's, it's a, such a wide range of people with collectors and investors and everything else that's going on. We, we try to hit the mark with all of those. And what's happened now is um, because of, of what we wholesaled to the distributors and, and, and the bigger retailer or online retailers, um, they made a lot of money. And now people selling on eBay are making a lot of money. And that's a good thing. You know, we we did OK. We we okay. made some profit from this. <laughs> okay. We did OK. We don't need to you know, bludgeon the collectors out there to make even more or the distributors. We did good. And the fact that it did, it, it exceeded expectations is a bonus for everybody in this industry. And, and to me, that's what it's about. You know, I want I want everyone to win. You know, it shouldn't be just the, the manufacturers, shouldn't be just the distributors. It should be everyone. Everyone should be able to win in this and, and enjoy some aspect of it. That's awesome. That's great. Now, let me ask you this, um, you know, uh, semi hard question, too. Uh, I do notice Trevor Lawrence is not on the checklist. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Uh, well, yes and no. There was a redemption for the number one overall pick. And, you know, I think you could speculate who that was going to be at the beginning uh, before the draft happened. Um, we did go into negotiations with uh, Trevor's agency. And, um, you know, they were aggressive. Uh, we, we, we came in with aggressive numbers and they came back with even more aggressive numbers and it didn't, you know, looking at it again to, to, to your point, Rob, 
you know, do we bring in someone like a Trevor for, you know, a lower production run? Um, we don't do stickers. So, you know, when you're not doing stickers, you can't go out there and have the guy sign 4,000 pieces because we, we're just not at that, that level. So the, the numbers were so high, it just didn't make sense because either one, the MSRP was going to be ridiculous for our first product. Didn't make sense. We didn't want to cut anyone out. And so uh, we thought the best approach was like, hey, you know what? We started as a memorabilia company. Let's do a redemption for uh, an autographed helmet, the number one pick, which was Trevor. And um, we figure that would make up for the fact that we didn't get his card in this year's product. So, so there are Trevor Lawrence autographs possible. Yes. But then the second part of really that that line of thinking is I know in baseball, I've always been impressed by your scouting ability to make the Onyx baseball product checklists surprisingly robust despite being small. So how did that translate into football, especially since it sounds like guys were rushing to get in more football, so than right? you were rushing to, to keep them out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we really had to filter um, – a number of players. Uh, we were surprised on, you know, again, these, these are the biggest agencies out there with the best talent. And of course, you know, we've got to balance that then with, okay, well, obviously you want your Justin Fields, you want your Zach Wilson and, and uh, you know, all these other guys, you know, I keep naming off everyone, but you want all these players in there and we've got to make sure that we price it. So one, we're not out pricing, really the, the product itself and still hit those kind of home run players. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I go back to my Florida state days where I'm like, okay, who's got the right mentality to be successful in the NFL? Who's got the talent, you know, what team are they on? Are they going to be a starter or are they going to be a backup for a long time? Mm -hmm. You know, a guy who's going to be a backup for a long time probably isn't going to sell unless you're a fan of that particular college team or maybe NFL team. So there's a lot of things that we kind of put into play and, and this is how we came up with the checklist and, you know, listen, I don't want to take anything away from Trevor. I think his talent is insane, but I think the better player, believe it or not, in the long term is probably going to be Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, this kid is in his talent and his uh, coaching and some, some other factors that I won't go into are uh, are absolutely amazing. I mean, what he can do on the field, and I think things that people haven't seen him do yet. Um, man, at Florida State, we were taking that kid in a heartbeat. So uh, right here on Go GTS Live of the quarterback <laughs> class this year, Lance Fisher's guy, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's the guy. We we went we went all out to make sure he was in the product um, because one. Uh, I just, I'm a believer in him. Uh, I think the Jets are very fortunate to get him in. And um, I think long-term the people, Jets and Chicago have quarterbacks potentially. Yeah, long -term? Good ones. What? Justin Fields is good too. Isn't yeah. it crazy? I mean, two big markets like New York and Chicago and the running quarterback jokes for years for both of them. I mean, Chicago is obviously the worst, but <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, does he have the mentality to be able to make it media wise in a market like New York? Gotta be tough mentally to handle that. He, he, he's going to learn it quick. 
Um, <laughs> good and bad. Let me put it this way. He's he he picked the right agency for that type of market. Um, okay. I, I, I'm not sure there, there could have been a better agency to prepare him mentally and back him uh, to handle the ups and downs that he's going to run across. Um, so uh, he's you're going to be shocked. He's going to do some pretty amazing things, I think. I want to ask you something about, I'm sorry, Ivan, I, I no, wrote this down so I don't forget. And then <laughs> yeah, how should I broach this subject? Tops, tops formula one. I want you to, we're going to talk a little bit about your competition because, um, after you partnered with Futera to come right. up with some beautiful baseball products, um, that emulated some of the higher end Futera stuff that they'd been doing in soccer. When I saw that, I said, I reached out to you. I don't know if you remember, I reached out to you I and did. I said, I said, you know what, between you and Futera, I said, you guys should look into the F1 license. I think you guys <laughs> could do something great with that. Um, I don't know. That was, that was the gist. I passed that along and that was, that was right. the end of it. You and I haven't talked sense about it interestingly enough all this while later or not even all that while around the corner tops comes out with formula one dynasty which was beautiful and then yeah. so yeah. talk a little bit about you know i mean for our audience to see some of these things that might go on behind the scenes in a conversation like you and i had how do you think tops is doing with the f1 license and can you share anything? Did you explore that idea at all? You, you, no, I think that's a great point. I think Tops is doing a great job with it. You know, they've, they've done the Sapphire. They've done the Chrome. They've done, you know, a bunch of different takes. I think they're doing an incredible job. Um, people seem to like it, especially the fans. F1 is one of the biggest sports in the world. Um, I think that's one opportunity that a lot of manufacturers in the past, not anymore, but in the past, overlooked we were so focused on the big four you know baseball hockey basketball and football uh -huh. um and and kind of ignoring the massive global sports i mean soccer same thing is taken off um you know panini and tops are doing great well panini is doing great stuff with that and um we did explore that believe it or not uh futera used to have an f1 license yeah of course they and did that makes sense they let that expire Oh. And, you know, Gwyneth and I had talked about certain things and, um, you know, with her expanding, you know, or, or wanting to expand. And that's where we got into baseball and so forth. And I'll tell you what, wait until next year. We're going to do some pretty cool stuff together <laughs> next year. Um, you know, we're kind of we're this year we're laying the groundwork. Um, okay. And then next year, the partnership's going to kick back into uh, man, full force. And, uh, um, but yeah, we, we definitely explored that it, it, the, obviously with their license expiring, the timing, us getting into football and now basketball, um, it was a lot on the plate sure, and to add like more, it. yeah, logistically and just resource wise, it would have been really tough. Yeah. Not to mention, I imagine in a product like that, um, you know, there is a slight advantage to getting the young guys, whereas in that you're dealing with, you know, if it's the first Formula One product, you're dealing with all the old guys. And I can't imagine that right. they're as broad. I mean, we even saw it in the Topps product. There's not a lot of signatures from the F1 drivers in the Topps product. Right. Like they're all SP. So 
Um, right. I don't know if that factors in at all. But hey, so I wanted to ask you, um, because also looking at football, it's great. I love that you did it. The cards look great. They've got that classic vintage feel that you sort of perfected a few years back and have stuck with, which I love. But it's also a space where we know there's leaf draft, there's sage right. uh, hit, you know, there's all these other things. And you look at basketball and who is doing a second product in basketball or a non-league licensed product? Like when I heard just a few weeks back that you were doing it, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. <laughs> right. So tell us what to expect, where you're going with that. Is it all draft picks? Are there Hall of Famers? <laughs> what's what's the mix? What's the plan? I, I'm surprised, too, that this hasn't been approached harder in the past, I, I know Leaf has done some stuff with basketball, done an incredible job, um, but not to the level, I guess, of, of how we're approaching things. And we've done a lot of due diligence. We were looking at doing some basketball last year, COVID, and some some other things that we really needed to understand before we dove into it. Um, we wanted to, to kind of get under our belt and how hard signatures were going to be, how expensive, and kind of just all that stuff. So, um, I, you know, what I've, I, I don't know why no one's done it. It is a opportunity that, uh, is, is, it is the lowest hanging fruit, I think out there in the sense of opportunity and, and the, the, the demand is, is crazy. And, you know, our product is only going to address the, the U S I mean, if, if we expanded it to China and, and Europe and Asia and all these other I don't think we, I don't think we could make enough. Um, I, I think DJ said said this last week is that you know it's not the fact that you know we we want to meet demand. It's getting enough autographs to kind of make the value and and the product where it needs to be. And you know we we see the same challenge on in other sports. You know it's it's uh, these guys are getting overwhelmed with autograph requests. We've actually had a few agents say uh, they'd love to do it, but they're so overwhelmed that uh you know they they have to say no at some point so um i've been back to your, your original question um it is going to be a mix of draft active guys and legends so we're, we're hitting every bar um we've got uh steph curry we've got Giannis. We've got and guys and <laughs> you know if i say steph curry it's like okay well that one's gonna be a sticker this is all on cards. <laughs> these guys have seen these cards, handled them, made comments about them, said these these are badass. These are really nice. <laughs> um, you know, so you know, you're we're again, it's it's about the value. We're trying to hit, you know, what people are looking for, what they want. You know, everyone wants on card. I've heard comments of, you know, well, Onyx could do on card. Why can't Tops or Panini? It's not to take away from what they do today, um, but it just tells you the the voice out there is very loud of, um, especially for the the higher end products. On card is is desirable. It is is it's worth something, you know, Absolutely. to get that. So yeah, it's gonna be an amazing product. What are your thoughts moving forward as far as other potential opportunities for the vintage brand? I mean, you've got to see the money people are spending on soccer. Is that a market that you would explore in the future? Uh, 
That's a great question. Um, you already are. I, really, no, I how, many, how many lances are there at the company is really, I think, the question, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've got really eight arms behind me. They're just hiding. Um, you know, with the relationship with Butera, you know, that's something that we'll have a con- We would never, ever step on their toes. Um, that's something that we would talk to them about. And if there were to be a partnership in the vintage arena and they wanted to do that, then we would be all for it. Um, if they're comfortable with doing what they currently do today, you know what? We're not touching soccer. So, um, but it, it, yeah, it could definitely happen out there. And, you know, for those who are familiar with Futera, they make incredible stuff. They've got a lot of access. And um, if we made a vintage brand to, to that level, um, you know, working with them, uh, yeah, it, it could be pretty amazing. So good to have you back on. I know you guys are going to be doing something special. Um, everyone is at this point assuming that the National Sports Collectors Convention yeah. is happening. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to bring you back on when that's solidified closer to the national because i know you that you're going to be having a vip party uh Big that will VIP. demand some attention so yeah. we'll talk about that um with you as we get a little bit closer to the show but uh in the meantime anything else you want to leave us with no i think that's great yeah the the vip event as we get closer to chicago once it's 100 percent confirmed which hopefully we'll hear that in the next few weeks um, we, uh, I guess I'll put a little teaser out there, but, um, we did confirm, uh, Randy Johnson will be at this event. <laughs> so, Not just uh, on card, actually Randy himself, he will, right. he's going to be there for meeting greed and shooting hoops. This is going to be a, a ticketed event for, you know, 250, 300 people. We think the tickets will go pretty quick. Cause I tell you right now, it's going to be one hell of a value. Um, for the price of that and what you're going to get in the swag, you know, as we get close, I, I don't want to kill it, but as we get closer, the swag bag is going to be insane, <laughs> insane. Um, can I even I get a drink for rent out an entire Dave and Buster's just 250 bucks a piece. I, I think we could swing that Ivan. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't need like special access or anything. Like I don't need a free ticket. I'd gladly pay, but just make sure you let me know, like. Listen, when they're when they're going to be available, you know, don't don't hit you, me up ten minutes later after they sell tickets, out. Whether you like it or not, so <laughs> you guys are obviously going to be invited, and um, you know, it, it's it's going to be not just a good time. It's going to be an incredible time with um, just people are going to walk away talking about it for a long time. Oh man! Well, Lance, uh, I'm excited. <sighs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see people in person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to throw out, cause I just read a comment and I, I thought we were about to wrap it up and I wanted to make sure this comment got heard. Alex Kent had a genius comment idea. Maybe this will be in the wheelhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Onyx vintage F1 with autos from all past drivers and legends. Would be there amazing. you go. There you and go. The Again, maker, if you've right? been following the tops, if you've been following the top stuff, it's all been present, guys. So, yeah, maybe there's maybe room there's for a small segment there. there. Oh man, Elaine, yeah. you oh. never know. You hey, listen, you never know. We we weren't sure we were ever going to tackle football, and definitely not basketball. <laughs> and here we are. So you never know. Can you imagine Michael Schumacher, Elaine Prost? Oh man, getting me going. Yeah, that'd be some cool stuff. 
Oh, Lance, it's always a pleasure. I'm glad. I know we were trying to make this connection for the last few weeks. I'm glad we were able to make it happen tonight. It's always a pleasure. Congratulations so much on the growth and expansion of the Onyx Vintage brand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, can't wait to see you in a couple months. Fingers crossed. We should know very soon. Yeah, yeah, right? All right, my friend. Have a good one. All right, gentlemen. Thank you again, as always. Appreciate the time. And um, hopefully we'll see you guys real soon. Absolutely. The one, the only Lance Fisher from (laughs) Onyx Authenticated. Oh, great stuff. Ivan, football, we finally got. I mean, I remember talking about that back on another show. Never even thought of basketball. He just threw up some cards on Twitter one day and was like, oh, yeah, this will be coming. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So how very exciting. And, I mean, uh, like I said, it's, he really, I, I love that Lance said it himself. His first trading card product was a little blah, <laughs> good checklist, but the design was a little blah. And I know the thing I always admired was that every year he tried to step it up, tried to make it better. And then I tell you two or three years ago when he hit on that vintage yes. design and it, it said just, real card stock instead of the plastic stuff we've all gotten used to. It hits so good. I'm actually looking on eBay right now. There's an Eli Manning. Eli Manning is in his vintage football set. And you can barely tell that it's not a logoed card. Like, it's great. It's just a beautiful and card. And the autos look great autograph. on those types of cards. You're right. When he hit on that vintage theme, all of a sudden it was like, we found our brand. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was just bigger than a design. We found our brand. And it translates to every sport. You could literally do that for every sport. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. And I love just because he's always been a great guy. Um, he's worked really hard to get where he is. So it's nice to yep. see at least a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's easy product, but at least it's like he put in all the work to make it and it's selling Amen. out. And Absolutely. the secondary market is justifying <laughs> it. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see that basketball checklist. The Steph and uh, Giannis uh, drops are interesting, but then it's like, who should we be looking for that we don't know from the draft class? That's going to be fun. That will be fun. All right, let's uh, switch gears and dive into a ton of news, notes, and nuggets from around the web in our weekly hobby happening segment. Here's a look what's going on. Well, Sports Collectors Daily reports that live stream shopping platform Whatnot has raised $50 million in Series B funding and says it plans to double down on selling sports cards and memorabilia. Founded in 2019 by Grant LaFontaine and Logan Head, Whatnot says it has become the biggest live stream shopping platform in the U.S. by purchase of volume. Based in Los Angeles, the company currently has 40 employees. Whatnot has now raised a total of $75 million in venture funding to date and has expanded from collectibles like Funko Pop and Pokemon cards to a wide range of collectibles, including sports cards, comic books, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Dragon Ball Z, and Magic the Gathering gaming cards. Users can sell spot and breaks and auction off cards to the Whatnot community during live shows. Whatnot co-founder and CEO Grant LaFontaine said, Logan and I have been selling 
uh, buying and selling collectibles online since the early days of the internet. And while others might be surprised by the attention the category has received in the past year, we are tapping into a community we've always known was there. We're thrilled that Whatnot has resonated with the collector and enthusiast communities, and we're excited to use these funds to continue to expand and grow the team. Whatnot says sports cards have been a recent driving force with sales growing 80 times since the company launched the category at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. With millions of dollars in monthly sales during live stream card breaks and sales. The Whatnot app is available on Android and iOS. Also in the digital world, Topps NFTs announced that the real Bazooka Joe and his gang are coming to blockchain. You'll be able to collect Bazooka Joe himself and the rest of the gang's officially licensed, digitally enhanced NFT collectibles powered by Avalanche AVAX. So look for classic and newly animated comic strips. That sounds like a cool twist on NFTs. Baseball cards, of course, and much more. Standard and premium packs will be available for purchase. Stay tuned for more details. The amount of new ideas coming into the hobby just doesn't seem to stop. A new company putting a new twist on grading is CardScore, which is the first crowdsourced card grading platform. The company will be demonstrating their patent-pending technology and allowing card submissions to be scored by the online community for the first time at the Houston TriStar Show, June 4th through the 6th. Curious how it works? Watch this. The market for sports cards is booming. And when it comes to your cards, the grade goes a long way in determining the value. Ever wonder how fellow collectors would grade your card? CardScore is the world's first crowdsourced card grading platform. Collectors can submit cards to be scored, our term for graded, by other collectors using a scanner and our Scorkey device. No packaging, shipping, delays, and worrying about damage or theft with CardScore. That's right, your valuable cards never leave your possession. You can purchase a Scorkey to submit cards from home, or you can visit a CardScore kiosk located at select card shops across the country. Our technology sends the image directly to our server to be viewed on the app without the potential for photo manipulation. After your card has been submitted, the high-resolution image can be viewed and scored online by our community of collectors. The card's final score is based upon the average score given by all of the collectors after outliers are removed. When scoring has been finalized, Card Score will mail you an official sticker that contains the card's information and your final scores. The sticker can then be placed on the back of the card's encapsulation. If your card was previously graded by a professional firm, then the serial number from the professional firm will be listed on the sticker to ensure that the sticker is being placed on the correct card. Show off your card's new score and tell everyone why collectors know best. Interested in being a card scorer? We're accepting new signups and even offer compensation for collectors who score cards. Visit cardscore.com to learn more or to get started. Topps baseball cards are as American as apple pie and the 4th of July. The company's place in pop culture has been solidified over the last 70 years. Let's step back in time to the golden age of baseball in the 1950s. 
Watch this and be sure to check out these other cool decade videos from at tops on Twitter. Welcome to the 50s, where blockbusters included Cinderella and your radios were blasting Elvis Presley. It was an era of jailhouse rock, blue suede shoes, and a streetcar named Desire. On the field, the New York Yankees appeared in the World Series eight times this decade. Too bad they only won six of them. Oh, and then there was Topps. Topps hit the scene in 1951, releasing its first series of baseball cards. The so-called Bluebacks and Redbacks were designed to let kids play a game of card baseball. Along with a photo and bio of the player, each card sported an at-bat result, yielding a single, double, fly-out, and so on. It was these very cards that started it all. 1952 brought the first Topps cards with team logos and simulated player autographs on the fronts and featuring stats on the back. Groundbreaking stuff, right? It was this 407 card set that ushered in an everlasting love affair between Topps and collectors, setting the standard for trading cards for years to come. Some of the earliest Top cards feature the game's legends, Duke Snyder, Hank Aaron, and Stan Musial, just to name a few. And yes, the 1950s, Don Larson threw a perfect game in the World Series that decade. And the first Cy Young Award was given to Don Newcomb in 1956. The 50s featured notable rookie cards of Bob Gibson, Roger Maris, and Ernie Banks. While the term rock and roll was being coined in Cleveland, and Mattel was introducing the first Barbie doll to the world, Tops 2 became a fixture in American culture. A quick note from Loop, friend of the program, Jimmy Mahan of Kentucky Cards, is the latest addition to the roster of breakers on the app. Be sure to check it out and tell Jimmy Go GTS Live said hi. You've been getting a lot of PSA lately, but we have a, a PSA. It's time for a Go GTS Live public service announcement. Please. From all of us at GoGTS Live, don't be these people. I'm not getting in that. No fucking way, dude. I am not doing that. Holy shit. Ridiculous. Uh, in other news, Wander Franco has yet to set foot on the field for a major league game, but his baseball cards are already worth big league money. An autographed 2019 Bowman Chrome card featuring baseball's top prospects sold at auction for nearly $200,000 on Saturday. Excuse me. The purchase price set an New all-time record for any Franco card to date, according to Golden Auctions. However, this price, in all honesty, could easily double upon his event inevitable call-up. A uh, cool addendum to that. That story actually made the, the front page of MLB.com for a minor league card sale. Nice. Pretty impressive. Uh a few weeks back, we told you that we would be learning more about the late Dr. Thomas Newman's remarkable collection as details became available. 
Thankfully, CBS News did an incredible profile piece. Watch this. How's this for authentication? In 1922, a Kodak employee was using an early home movie camera to capture this interaction between his son and Babe Ruth. The footage shows the Sultan of Swat signing a ball for the seven-year-old. Well, that signed ball and the film footage are part of an incredible sports memorabilia collection that is now going up for auction and expected to set records. Jim Axelrod has more. Stacked up in the back of this U-Haul trailer is a collection rooted in love, but now worth a ton of money. Roughly a thousand baseball, football, and hockey cards that belong to a Florida doctor named Thomas Newman, who died in January from COVID. J.P. Cohn is president of Memory Lane Auctions. So Dr. Newman had one of the top collections in the industry, the hobby. He um, was what we would call an advanced collector, very passionate about his collection, collecting. He was um, really in it for the collecting part of it. It really wasn't anything to do with money. It might not have been the goal when he was alive, but it's the reality now that Dr. Newman is gone. His collection is worth an estimated $20 million, which explains why his family is transporting the cards cross-country for an auction in California. The collection's highlight is what Cohn calls the Magnificent Seven. Seven cards he predicts will sell for more than $1 million apiece. The crown jewel is this kind 1933 yellow Babe Ruth Gowdy card that's expected to break the all-time record for a card of $5.2 million. So this is considered the best known example to exist and probably will never be another one. Well, Dr. Newman's family says these paper babies, as he called them, were priceless to him. They are confident this is what he would want. Nancy Newman is his widow. I mean, we, we're not collectors. Um, and they need to get out and get in the hands of other collectors. As long as he was alive, he was not going to sell them, I can tell you that. So I, I'm sure he's looking down and very happy with what's happening with the collection. The auction starts next month when Dr. Newman's paper babies turn into solid gold. For CBS This Morning Saturday, I'm Jim Axelrod. Rittenhouse Archives announced that they have signed a long-term deal with the BBC for rights to take over the Doctor Who trading card license. And they have confirmed that the 13th Doctor, played by Jodie Whittaker, will have autographs. More details on the release of the first Doctor Who product from Rittenhouse Archives will be coming soon. Sports Collectors Daily reported on some business-related news with regards to licensing. Always a hot topic in the hobby. Tops paid the Major League Baseball Players Association $20.4 million in licensing fees in 2020. Now remember, that's the Players Association, not the league. That's according to the union's annual report with the U.S. Labor Department. And the figure represents a 1.666108 increase from 2019. The MLBPA receives more money from TOPS than any other licensee. The company's cost of maintaining its MLBPA rights has increased fairly dramatically over the last 15 years. In last year's report covering 2019, the MLBPA report indicated it received over $18.7 million from TOPS. The year before that, they paid $13 million. 
As recently as 2015, they spent less than $10 million. And 10 years ago, when MLB and its union were splitting its licenses among multiple manufacturers, Topps paid just under $5.8 million. In 2005, their cost as an MLB licensee was just over $4 million. So run some inflation numbers on that. Those figures don't include the cost, as I mentioned, of Topps' long-standing multi-year contract with Major League Baseball itself, which gives it the exclusive right to use MLB and team logos and nicknames on its trading cards. In 2018, Topps and MLB extended that exclusive deal through 2025. Yep, I'm looking up at the calendar as I say that, that date. Topps also extended its pact with the MLBPA that same year. Topps' deal with the players' union is not exclusive. So, again, according to the Labor Department report, Panini America paid the union over $3.1 million in 2019 as the company continues to print cards for its baseball products using active baseball players. And Panini paid the MLBPA around $2.8 million in 2018. So you see a year-over-year increase there as well. Thank you, Ivan. Now for some auction highlights. Uh, This T206 Honus Wagner, graded in a PSA 2, set the all-time record for any Honus Wagner card selling through Golden Auctions for $3.75 million with the buyer's premium. That price is also an all-time record for any PSA 2 card. And it is now the fifth most expensive card of all time. The Golden Auction also included the $2.1 million sale of one of the 23 1997 Upper Deck Michael Jordan game jerseys autograph cards that represented the most ever paid for any piece of Jordan memorabilia. The card that sold was graded in a PSA 8 with a 9 autograph. Imagine a 10. (laughs) I can only imagine. A third item also crossed the seven-figure mark when a game-worn and signed Lakers jersey dating to Kobe Bryant's rookie season soared to $3.69 million, the most ever spent on a basketball jersey. It is the earliest photo match jersey from Bryant's Hall of Fame career, and that photo matching was done by Resolution Photo Matching. That's crazy. Courtesy of Sports Collectors Daily comes word that Tops and Fox Sports are collaborating with some of the artists who've contributed cards for Project 70 and Project 2020 to produce some original artwork and short-form content that will be highlighted during baseball broadcasts this season. Does that mean that our Griffey Shores will come back to fruition? I don't know. However, the news goes on to state that the work will be seen during Baseball Night in America, the upcoming All-Star Game, and related programming throughout the summer. Here's a teaser. We really wanted to capture the art that's in baseball. Mookie Betsman is really different and unique. We took how he plays on the field, from stealing bases to hitting, and put it into a shoe. Mookie has a pretty good shoe game. It's about to get better.
more notes from Sports Collectors Daily. How's this for a nice flip? Well, remember that 2009 Bowman Chrome Draft Mike Trout autograph refractor graded BGS 9.5? It sold for about $51,000 via Wheatland Auctions late last week. How could I forget? Exactly, right? Well, it was purchased by a collector around the time of issue for $175. And Hobbies Collide with the U.S. Postal Service scheduled to release a Yogi Berra stamp later this summer. You can pre-order stamps and first-day issues online at the USPS store. Also, meet Austin Matthews super collector, Mark Farah. He and his collection were the subject of a recent feature article and video in the Toronto Sun. Check it out. And you were able to get all this. He's only, he's only been in Toronto five years, right? And he's done all this. And, you know, how pleased are you that you've been able to get, get his footprint and, and there's more to come, obviously. Like any of yeah. like any of the players that you know, the jerseys hang, that sticks hang, yeah. anything in here, it's an honor to have them. When when they yeah. come into my home, it's almost like I'm a, I don't even belong here. And so, yeah, I mean, I I would love the chance to meet him and show him what I'm trying to do, and and hopefully maybe one day he'll approve and maybe stop off and have a beer with me or something. Yeah, one day and maybe see this. If you yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm not really the creeper that uh, some of my friends will joke about and portray about. But I think it would be an honor to to have him come and and um, and and you know kind of acknowledge and, and uh, approve what I'm trying to do. And he, he, in my opinion, is going to go down as as the greatest Maple Leaf of all time. And I've been saying that since 2016, providing he stays healthy and yeah. and he stays here, you know, maybe yeah. one more contract. A lot of the stuff when I started, I really focused on the rookie stuff. Uh-huh. Rookie and record breaking stuff is really the, is really what you want to focus on when you're collecting the right. earliest stuff. Uh, any particular player, whether it be yeah. Gretzky, whether it be Matthews, anybody, the earlier stuff is always worth more. It's always what people desire. Um, it's because it's it's when they were molding themselves into who right. they were today. Uh, we've got his weaponry up in the ceiling here, Mark. Uh, wh- I don't know. Wh- what's your favorite stick that he's got? Uh, was there one in particular? Because you've got 31 of them? Yeah, 31. Uh, 34 shortly. I was going to say, you're uh, going to make 34? Yeah, and I'll have 34 by probably the end of the week. And um, the one thing that I really like the most is his rookie stick just because of the fact that that's when things changed. It was the 100th anniversary of the team and there's really only been about 8 or 9 of them seen in the hobby and I think I've had 7 of them come through and I think I still have 6 of them here. So I like the fact that it's got the blue handle tape. It represents uh, records going down. It represents a rookie that we've never seen before and it represents a, a, a culture change in Toronto. Little drawings which make them very re- unique. He does wear a lot of gloves but he does have a lot of drawings. And back in his rookie season he would start by just having a smiley face and then he would have a winky face and then you know he's done everything from a superman logo to smiling faces with hearts these, these came uh, through a team auction and these are the gloves that matthews wore when um during the centennial classic game when uh, he really kind of established himself as a young rookie uh, scoring a couple big goals including the, the winning goal in, in the outdoor celebrating the team's 100th anniversary and i really think that this game was with with himself and marner was the passing of the torch to the next 
next hundred years. More equipment, can you uh, describe a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got very like a, a variety of gloves. Uh, he goes through a lot of gloves, but some of the key ones would be from his second career hat trick, his first one in home ice here from Switzerland before he became a Maple Leaf. Uh, from the Team North America when, when he first played his games at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto. The retro-reverse gloves, uh, training uh, shoes, his sweaters, his socks, um, and his hats. And, and here's kind of a neat pair of shoes here because he uh, actually um, signed a deal with Nike and these would be one of the very first items that he would have worn as a Maple Leaf uh, under that contract. Mark, you're sitting in the the king of the Leafs, I guess. He's uh, King Clancy was the king. Is this guy the new king? Is he the new emperor of the Leafs now, do you think? You might want to recognize him as Sir Austin Matthews moving forward. I think this kid's got the real, I think he brings everything and uh, super pumped to, to be a fan. And this year, you want him to meet Lord Stanley, right? Uh, up close and personal. Tops is packing some extra value for WWE collectors when they release their WWE 2021 Slam Attacks through Tops UK. In addition to the 30 autographed edition cards to find in this year's set, there's also the, quote, the impossible autographs. Three different mind-blowing cards, each a one-of-one, featuring John Cena, Roman Reigns, plus a double autograph of the Firefly Funhouse duo. Absolutely awesome to see an insert like this in a For the Kids product like Slam Attacks. This set goes live on the Tops UK website next Thursday, June 3rd. Time TBD and probably in Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> Well, it's just over three weeks until the first episode of The Card Life airs on TV, and I, for one, can't wait to tune in. Here is another teaser clip. And you just struck gold, my friend. Really? And that might be the nicest condition one I've ever seen. That is awesome. Wow. Are you sure you don't want us putting gloves on? It's not even like hard, and I got chills. I, I am feeling little... shivers right yeah. now. I'm like... <laughs> That's so I can't cool believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. The Card Life presented by Loop, the app, and hosted by Matt Stram, debuts June 17th across Bally Sports Networks nationwide. While there's been plenty of good news and good press in the hobby, some media outlets have been sure to point out some of the bad news as well. Some warranted, some embellished, who knows? Case in point, SB Nation ran with an article this week titled, The Rise and Collapse of a Scalper's Sports Card Empire, with a subtitle of, Bribes, Parking Lot Deals, and the Cards You Never Had a Chance to Buy. <laughs> If you'd like an alleged inside look at some of Tyrone's shady practices that resulted in the recent retail crisis by those that profited from them, give it a read and tweet me your thoughts. It's definitely an interesting read. Well, we know having done this show for several years that there are many Star Wars fans and collectors. This past Tuesday, Beckett Live featured admins of the Star Wars Card Collectors Group to discuss the history of the franchise on Cardboard. I'm sure if you're into Star Wars, you'll be one sure to go give that particular episode a listen. 
Last week, we told you about the as-of-yet unnamed TV show featuring Golden Auctions. Well, the company issued a casting call this week. So if you think you might be the right fit, here's Golden Auctions president Ken Golden with more details. Hi, I'm Ken Golden, founder of Golden Auctions. I've teamed up with the creator of Pawn Stars, Wheelhouse Group, as well as the creator of ESPN 30 for 30 to make a great TV show about our industry. We are looking for people in the industry, people who collect, buy, sell, authenticate, deal in trading cards, sports memorabilia, comic books, entertainment memorabilia, historical collectibles, TCG, and more. If you're interested in joining the Golden Cast, both on and off camera, please create a 45 to 60 second video of yourself explaining a bit about your experience as well as highlighting your personality and send it to us at the instructions listed and we look forward to working with you. So again, if you think you've got the chops, submit. I'd love to see you on the show. No doubt. Oh, what do we have here? Is that a pair of 1985 Michael Jordan game-worn Air Jordan 1s? Well, yes, it is. And those beauties are going to be part of a Heritage Sports Auction Summer Platinum event this August. Wow. Keep an eye on those. Might might have some new new records set when we come hot. <laughs> Hobby happenings in August. eBay is investing in the billion-dollar trading card category with the recent launch of a new scan and list feature. Sellers can scan single cards using the eBay app and the camera on their smart mobile device, and its system will automatically pre-fill most listing details. Simply confirm the correct card and pre-filled details Add your own photos and publish your listing. It's that easy, says eBay. The feature is powered by computer vision technology and is already available for collectible card games like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. eBay said it will enable the feature to additional card categories later this year. I'm just curious, how will you be able to do it for mystery repacks? Well... Don't take my word for it. Take eBay's. Watch this. America and Funko have teamed up with the introduction of Funko Pop Trading Card, which will incorporate Panini's global popular Prism Trading Card brand for both the NBA and NFL. Similar to the very popular Pop Albums and Pop Comic Covers, Pop Trading Card will feature the Panini Prism Trading Card art packaged together in a protective case that can be hung on a wall. The pop vinyl figure will replicate the poses from the player imagery 
used on the respective Prism trading cards. Interesting. Another new secondary marketplace is starting to get some good traction. Have you checked out MySlabs yet? On Twitter at MySlabsOfficial. They are an online marketplace with only a 1% seller's commission. So you can head to www.myslabs.com and sign up for your free account to get started and then let us know what you think. Don't forget to use that tweeter. (laughs) Sportico reported this week that fractional sports memorabilia platform Collectible has raised $5.5 million in Series A funding. The venture capital funding will help the business increase its efforts to earn more users and produce related content. CEO Ezra Levine said, the goal is to take this capital, build out ancillary products, acquire more users, delve deep into content, analytics, and research in the marketplace, and then sprint towards a much larger Series B round of funding to effectively provide investors and collectors on our platform with the information, knowledge, and data to make informed choices. Congratulations, guys. We've been talking a lot about racing in recent weeks. Well, NASCAR fans and collectors, get ready because multi-time NASCAR champion Jeff Gordon is returning to the hobby. Panini announced that the famous and beloved driver will be back on trading cards for the first time in five years. And wow, how the hobby has changed and exploded since then. The first product to feature Gordon content will be the just-solicited Chronicles Racing, which means you'll probably see him on a number of brands, as that's what Chronicles is known for. That product is scheduled for release June 23rd, so circle your calendars. Well, those lovable Rugrats, the Garbage Pail Kids, are coming back to TV. That's right. HBO Max is teaming up with Tops, Tornate, and Danny McBride's Roughhouse Pictures to bring the beloved 1980s trading cards to life as an animated TV series. The project, which is currently in development at the Warner Media-backed streamer, is inspired by McBride and his roughhouse partner, roughhouse partner David Gordon Green's love for Garbage Pail Kids and Saturday morning cartoons. The expectation is that the animated series will be family friendly and appeal to audiences of all ages. That's an interesting expectation for a Danny McBride. David Gordon Green project. There you go. Color me intrigued. And finally, in an incredible week of hobby news, I feel like this was a whole hobby news half hour show. Uh, The biggest story, I agree, rounding it out, is that despite being out of the league for over two decades, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, continues to break records. This time, it's the record for the highest price ever recorded for a hockey card. This PSA 10 Jim Mint 1979 OPG Wayne Gretzky rookie card sold privately this week for a reported $3.75 million. (laughs) Rob, it seems like just a, a few years ago that that was the record for a Honus Wagner card. And now we're seeing Wayne Gretzky. Unbelievable. 
You might remember that just this past December, a Heritage Auctions event set what was then the world record for a hockey card, selling the other of the just two PSA 10s in existence for less than half of the amount of this new record. <laughs> that sale in December, when it sold, was for $1.29 million. Wow. What dip? <laughs> and that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Woo! There are a lot of happenings, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that felt like uh, I didn't exactly time it, but we could really do a 30-minute hobby like news show <laughs> the way the news is going these days. It's Crazy. Really incredible. It's really incredible. So, uh, Well, before we get to our box break segment for this evening, Again, as you know, uh, Ivan was at the Dallas show, got some content, had a talk, uh, opportunity to talk with longtime hobbyist and industry veteran Rich Klein. Got a video for you, but uh, cue it up for us. Ivan, what are they going to be seeing? Well, so there's going to be some shots from the, the show, um, but Rich himself is there. He's He worked for Beckett for many years. He works for ComC now, as well as does shows any week that there's a card show in the Dallas area, Rich is going to be there. So, so he's got his finger on the pulse. He sees things. He understands the vintage collector. He sees the modern collector. So it's really fun to sit down and get his perspective on things, um, you know, and just a fun conversation. And also huge thanks to Rich for being incredibly gracious with the show. Uh, you know, I was an out of towner and he provided me a little space. Whenever I got tired, I could come over and sit down behind his table uh, just welcoming to all. So, you know, another reminder that that is what the hobby is at the end of the day. It's about the friends and the people. But here, Rich's takes on the market, what it's turned into, what it can be. You know, here you go. All right. Check this out and we will be back. Card show. Uh, you've been at how many Dallas card shows uh, in the past couple of years? I've, I've been to, I've set up at every one that Kyle's done, even before he began the big ones. Wow. So, how does this weekend compare to last one? It's a, a year ago. It's better than a year ago, but just a tad off from the last few for me. However, the energy in the room is quite amazing. And it's and I think part of the reason the energy's off, and it's, as we've discussed in the past, is that it's beyond something Kyle and his fine team can do. It's right now there's less new material coming in because of the PSA show slowdown where they're only doing the super expensive stuff, and the Target no more cards for a while being sold retail. But remember, Target is baseball, basketball, football, and Pokemon. You can still buy racing cards at Target. You can still buy hockey cards at Target. But there's not as much new material coming in, and I think that has sapped a little of the energy from the room. Gotcha. What have people been uh, asking when they when they come and browse? What are they looking for? A little bit of everything. We have a gentleman right now working at my desk, working, work, working on a 58 set. You know, you just saw one of the guys he was working, he was picking up every Otani I had. Uh, they're, you know, they were a little mix. I had a young man come in who loved the design of, 
of 53 Bowman black and whites, and he bought a couple of those. Just looked at them and said they're beautiful, and he's like seven years old, and he said that those cards were absolutely beautiful. I love it. What about the makeup of the room? Uh, you know, what are you seeing just among the faces and the, the types of collectors? Well, I see a lot of people I don't know because I, when the before the hobby boomed, I was running monthly shows myself, so I knew a lot of the regulars. And I still see a lot of the regulars, but I see a lot of people I did not know, but it's also a lot of them are drawn out by either having autograph guests at the show or the fact that the shows have several hundred tables rather than 40 or 50. that I haven't thought to ask. Give us give us some Klein's gems. Well, you know, I always tell people, buy what you like, pay what you're comfortable with, and, you know, a lot of people want to go full-time in the business, and I always give them one piece of advice. If you really go full-time in this business, you can no longer be a collector unless you have another source of income. If you have another source of income, then you can collect to your heart's content, but if you're doing this as a business, it is a business. And you can't go and say, I want to keep the best items for myself. Now, if your game plan says to keep 10% of your items to put away, that's fine. But if you want to say, I want to keep it for myself, that is the biggest mistake most people make. Gotcha. So uh, are you a collector or a business? I am 98% business, 2% collector. I will keep cards, for example, of somebody. There are two guys from my high school that have played in the major leagues, Harrison Bader and Pedro Alvarez. If I get dime cards or quarter cards of them or even dollar cards, I will keep them. And there's a few guys from where I went to college at Columbia that I kind of, that I do the same thing. I put the cards away. But none of those guys, like Lou Gehrig went to Columbia, and if I get a Lou Gehrig card to resell, guess what? I'm not keeping that. <laughs> That's the business. That's the business. Awesome. Thank you, Rich. Awesome. So, yeah, so that was Rich Klein at Saber Geek. Um, I love seeing the comments coming in on, on people, you know, hearing what he's saying, relating to what he's saying. Um, but, man, so much fun to be around that guy. And he actually he writes for GoGTS.net, the column Klein's Corner. So if you're ever looking for uh, his insights in the hobby, you can find that on GoGTS.net now at Klein's Corner. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Thank, Thank you, you, Rich, for all your friend friendship and help this weekend, uh, making that really happen. Um, he, he makes a lot of the stuff behind the scenes go, too. So big shout out to Rich. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ivan. Uh, we're going to dive into our box break segment tonight. We had one unclaimed prize from last week, and it's a good one, Ivan. Um, Tim Hardaway, Legendary Contenders, autograph number to 199. Ooh, I haven't seen that one yet. So we're going to re-roll this one for this That's week. That's a joke because I wasn't here last week. I know, I know, I know. You didn't even ask about Disney. Nobody asked about Disney. Don't care. Thursday wasn't even the... Wasn't even the show. That was that was family. I hope time. you had fun. Other than that, 
Um, Boy, it was God, very it fun. So thank you for making it possible and making it happen. Absolutely. Um, All right. Why am I having trouble opening this file? So we have a box of Match Attacks Extra. Uh, this is a collectible um, ooh, card game. Chance at autos, foils in every pack. So they've added some collectible components to this. I pre-broke the box. Because it's huge. Yeah, 36 packs. I want to show you guys some of the highlights. And real quick, while he's getting that started... Um, the giveaway for this one's a little bit different. So if you want to win any of these hits, make sure that you go to our Twitter page, twitter.com slash gogtslive, and just scroll down quickly, and you'll see the Match Attacks giveaway entry tweet in there. It's going to make you do just a little work on this one. But that's because these are such cool cards, but also very intrinsic to soccer collecting. We wanted to try to make sure that some soccer collectors got to enjoy the hits that, uh, that we're going to see here. Absolutely. So Topps Match Attack features 36 packs, six cards per pack, foils in every pack. Who can, who can you name on that pack, Rob? Nobody. Uh-huh. Free Cotton 4K. Free app cards. Uh, one of these is in every pack. Scan this code for free app cards within the match tech apps so the most common is the gold foil and we have several of them um I, man i just hate that the names are printed sideways mm. so here are some of our golds i haven't seen anything great yet oh timo werner he's decent decent not not necessarily great. Well, I do recognize some. Oh, Jaden Sancho. So he's one of the guys on the pack. Yeah, he's good. So lots of foils, lots of golds. Lewandowski. Oh, yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a good up-and-coming uh, guy. I'm not sure. I don't think this would classify as a rookie. I think that was last year. Where are my soccer peeps at? Jump in the chat. Help us out here. Okay, so that's the golds, and then one tier down, the blue sparkle. Down or up? Oh, up. My bad. Firmino. Gabriel Jesus. Lionel Messi. Oh, there we go. Signature style with the facsimile signature there. That's pretty cool. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's not bad at all. There's another signature style. All right, now some blues. There's Zavi. And Holland. Is there a Holland in there? Oh, no, what is that? But there is a Jaden Sancho Silver Limited Edition. Nice. Nice. That's, so, that's um, can you hold that like up again, Sancho? Yeah. Like we said, Ivan, we're going to make sure that people that participated in that uh, engaged with that tweet and showed us your match attack cards. One of you guys are going to be sure to win more than one of you. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the gold foils with the silver Jaden and give that to one winner. And the other winner will get all the other ones. Okay? 
two matchups. So we've got match attacks hits, and we've got match attacks Sancho Silver. Love it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so make sure you check out that tweet in order to enter to win. Um, just going to be a little different today, but that's kind of fun. So, um, yeah, because of the specialty nature of those cards, want to make sure that putting them in the hands of people that appreciate them. Next up, our uh, other box break this evening highlights from another box that has like 400 cards in it. Score uh, NFL four autographs in every box, 40 cards, 10 packs. So I wanted to show you guys some of the highlights of what we found. Okay. So uh, a lot of your key rookies, Patrick Sertan, still in uh, the second, excuse me, still in college uniforms. Obviously, Don Russell will be the first one with their pro uniforms. Jalen Waddell, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Terrace, Terrace Marshall Jr., Kyle Trask, Justin Fields. Not photo variations, but different cards, numbers, another Justin Fields. Max Jones, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I mean, all the good rookies. Devontae Smith. Then there are various parallels. Like, oh boy, how about a die cut number one of ten of Alex Ingold? Fullback for the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Mason Crosby, kicker for Green Bay, numbered to just 100. A DeAndre Hopkins, numbered to just 35. So parallels numbered to 10 and 35. Pretty cool. Uh, inserts, all hands team. Mike Giske, Jerry Judai. Definitely all hands team, Julian Edelman, CD Lamb, Mark Andrews. Then another kind of fun ins- themed insert, hot rookies, Devontae Smith, Rondale Moore, Kyle Pitts, Trevor Lawrence, and his teammate in the backfield, Travis Etienne. And then from uh, the draft, Mac Jones, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, Ron Dale Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., Tylen Wallace. Then this is pretty fun. Fantasy stars. This was week 11, 2020. There's some Mm. descriptive text on the back relating to fantasy. So I found a few of these kind of cool, kind of different. Even found a parallel number to 100 featuring Mike Nugent, Blankenship, and Zerline. It's a parallel to that one. And then uh, Breakthrough, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Miles Garrett, 
Tua Tagoviola, Dalvin Cook. Then some nice uh, horizontal themed and oriented cards for celebration. <laughs> now there's some short printed Tom Brady tribute cards for commemorating every one of his um, touchdowns. Oh, and nice. We have, we found, got one, and this I say, represented I, his 10th. I think those were touchdown. One, one, a per, box. one per box, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an interesting, uh, uh, what, what do they call that? Marathon product or what? They used to do that with baseball and home runs, right? With Evergreen. Well, it's not evergreen, right? That's that's recyclable content, but it's like like no, the, it's it, always it, green. I mean, how how is the how many? They're going to be rare, but there's also a lot of them, right? But because there's what five hundred touchdowns, <laughs> yeah, like one per case. That's they're one per box. I don't. Know. Basically, I'm telling myself I need to go look at them and start watching them on eBay because it sounds fun. Cool. And it's fun. That's what I'm trying to say. The first of our autos is Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. Our second autograph is a parallel number to just 50 of Terrell Ooh. Edmonds. Good hit for a Steelers fan, or if you happen to hit it, it's a good trade trade piece for a Steelers but fan. Nothing like this boom numbered to 50. Boom! Dak Prescott Ooh. acetate number to 50 pinnacle inscriptions. Look how beautiful that is. So I'm going to guess it's much the, the autograph part works better in person, but the card itself looks awesome. Yeah. Let me get a uh, card blocker or a decoy. Help you out here. I can only imagine that it must be really, really cool to hold. There you go. Look at that auto. Yeah. Right on that's that. freaking okay. cool. All right. Well, give me give me two minutes. One to go. more oh. autograph. Ooh. It's also a boom. This box of score crushed it. Najee Harris. Alabama. <laughs> Huge. One of the top running backs in the draft. So we hit a Najee and a Dak. So we'll have uh, four winners from this box. Two winners from the soccer plus the rollover. So is that four, six, seven winners all together? Awesome. All right. All right. What are we doing next here? Updating the poll. Let's see. Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll. We wanted to know that when it comes to vintage rookie cards, say pre-1984, which would you rather own, a PSA 9 or an autographed PSA 4? 35 minutes left, 313 of you voting. How awesome is that? Hasn't changed the results much from when we started. Just under 64% still going with PSA 9. All right, next up, 
the guys at bench clear media, you know, that we're big fans and, um, there's just a mutual respect for the content that both entities, I think put out and wanted to share a conversation or not a conversation really, but a, uh, a piece, uh, that Ty did based around one of the macro economic conditions that might eventually put a bit of a crimp in this current boom market we're on. Uh, and that's things like inflation. And we're starting to see it in groceries, building materials, fuel. And when that happens, there's less money from discretionary income. So what are Ty's thoughts on the whole subject? I thought it was pretty good. So we're going to take a look. Watch this and we'll be back for Hot in the Shop. Hey, what's going on, guys? Ty here, Breaker Culture, Bench Clear Media. Um, hey, I wanted to take a, a couple minutes to talk about a very important topic uh, that's that's affecting the economy, but is going to really start to seep over, I think, into the hobby. And that's this idea of inflation. And for those that don't don't know what inflation is, simply put, it's the it's rising prices and a decrease in the purchasing power of your dollar or your currency, in our case, the dollar. Um, and you're, you'll see it all over the news. Everyone's talking about it uh, because our government's printing lots of money right now. And it's just increasing the money supply, which drives up prices because there's more dollars out there to spend on things. Um, unfortunately, what we're really starting to see now is as prices rise, um, and couple that with supply chain issues across lots of industries, it's squeezing prices higher on a lot of things that, that are really important to our everyday lives. Things like gasoline, things like food, corn, chicken prices, um, sauces, all these types of things, coffee beans, lumber obviously is up three or four X in the last six months, finally starting to pull back a little bit. But these things, they form the basis of a lot of the things that we spend our, our paychecks on. They're a good percentage of our ability to live. And as those things rise, uh, we don't see our checks rise in parallel with that, our, our, our income. More of our money, our, our paychecks are going to things that are necess necessities for us to live. In other words, we're losing a lot of our discretionary in income because it's becoming more costly to live. That's usually the problem with inflation or especially in hyperinflation where your dollar just doesn't purchase anything, purchases far less than what you're used to. Therefore, a lot more of your dollars have to go towards living and, and doing the things that you normally do to survive. Um, I say all that because yes, inflation will probably drive up prices of cards. As we continue to see inflation rise, it'll drive up prices of cards. But it'll be a, an artificial price rise because the purchasing value of the, of the dollar is gonna continue to decrease. More importantly, and this is, a, this is a huge takeaway, I think, is that I'm really concerned that we're gonna see such a drastic drop in discretionary funds available to people that a lot of new collectors coming in uh, a lot of old collectors that maybe spent a lot of their discretionary money on cards, they're just not going to have the ability to do that as much anymore. Uh, and so that's going to really start to affect the, the sports card market. Now, there's another thing to consider, and that is how do the manufacturers respond to this? Because 
up to this point, we've had a lot of new collectors funneling in and new collectors can make money, make money, right? They can, they can turn a profit really quickly. And that's what's driven a lot of people into the hobby. It's what just drives all the hype at Target and Walmart. They're fighting, they're shooting, whatever. It's just a total mess at the retail end of things because it's really easy to take the product and turn it into a profit. But, uh, and, and, uh, the whole target thing is a totally different subject. We should talk about in a different video, uh, how they're, they're not selling cards anymore and, and really the effect that I think that'll have on the hobby. But, but the problem that we're going to see is although we have a lot of new collectors coming in, no argument there. Supply chain issues have kept print runs relatively in check. Products haven't been printed just about every hobby shop and or uh, distributor customer has not received even their allocations of product. They've been cut and then they've been cut again on shipment. So there's there's a lot less product out there in the wild and there's a lot more breakers and razors that are just totally eating into the available product supply. But we'll finish up with Ty's thoughts on the subject after Hot in the Shop, which we're going to tackle right now. Hot in the Shop looks ahead at next week's new product releases. Sure to be hot <laughs> in the <laughs> shop or at your favorite online retailer or group breaker. And we kick things off with 2021 Tops Finest Baseball Cards. Yeah, Finest is um, a great configuration. Those too many boxes, six packs, five cards. What are you getting? A Chrome Auto and two refractors and six inserts in each um, mini box. So two Chrome Autos, four refractors, 12 inserts, and a finest rookies design variation in every master box. 2021 Tops Finest Baseball delivers yet again with another year of flashy and new base set and insert designs and themes. Be sure to build the 100 card base set, limited 25 card extended base set, and the all new finest rookie design variation set. Uh, some of those on card. Uh, excuse me, some of those refractor autos um, come in parallels numbered between 150 and 101. Those new rookie designs look pretty cool. New also 1997 Tops Finest Masters autograph variations. Uh, ton of inserts to be found in every box, including the new 1997 Tops Finest Masters, which are one in three packs. New Finest Legacies, one in three packs. Finest Career Die Cuts, Mike Trout. So that's cool. 100-card base set, four refractors in every box. The product overall has eight new refractors. Don't forget the 25-card extended base set as well, one in 12 packs. Rob, I'm pretty excited for this one. I may actually get to rip a box for once. 2020-2021 uh, Panini Chronicles Soccer Cards. Yes, the Chronicles brand is back for this new soccer season, delivering three autographed or memorabilia cards, plus 10 parallels in every box. And of course, it brings together more than 15 different Panini brands all in one place. It also combines three of the best leagues in the world, Spain's La Liga, England's Premier League, and Italy's Serie A. 
So look for some incredible hits from across three major, major soccer leagues, uh, including Prism, Contenders, Illusions, um, autographs from some of these leagues, biggest stars in past, present, and future on silhouettes, cornerstones, and treasured signatures. Uh, memorabilia also carries a big spot in here with multi-swatch tools of the trade and treasured threads inserts to go along with those iconic fabric of the game cards and a vast array of parallels and Panini's most popular brands. It'll be interesting as always to see which ones end up being short printed, but also look for those exciting rookie tickets and contenders optic rookie tickets uh, this year in 2020-21 Panini Chronicles Soccer this week and another baseball product this one from panini in the form of 2021 absolute which is going to deliver two autographed cards one memorabilia card and one numbered insert in every box returning in 2021 absolute baseball really is the perfect blend of nostalgic hits with a modern twist that gives collectors of all ages something to hunt for um, two autograph cards and two memorabilia cards in every box. Rookie baseball material signatures. Absolute baseball showcase autographs from the extremely deep 2021 rookie class on multiple materials like baseball skins, wood pieces, and more. That's cool. Iconic ink. Whether you're a fan of single, dual, or triple autographs, the iconic ink set is sure to have you covered with legends current stars rookies and prospects patches is a 100 card set that contains memorabilia from some of the top players and rookies in today's game uh the 100 card base set also has five parallels in addition to printing plates plus one numbered insert in every box icons is a 15 card insert paying homage to certain players who not only transcended the game but the entire sports world or Power long ball reigns supreme in today's game, and power headers are elusive, are exclusive to this generation of players. The 15 card set showcases some of the best to do it, from Babe Ruth to Cody Bellinger, and others in between. Absolute baseball being stores next week. I get a second product from the pitch this week, uh, coming hot on the heels of Topps Chrome Bundesliga. Next week, we get 2021 Bundesliga Tier 1 soccer cards. Each box is going to have three cards, two autographs, and one relic. This is the first time ever presenting a Bundesliga Tier 1 collection with some of the best players in the world and some of the hottest rookies as well with original signatures and very rare relics from the best players in the Bundesliga. Look for breakout autograph cards of some of those best young talents in the league, 40 subjects on that checklist. Look for dual autograph cards uh, with some of the best players paired up together. Uh, you can also find prime performers autographs highlighting club legends from today's, of course, autographed football cards. Always fun to say. Uh, and also the relics. Relics are chunky in this, like prodigious patches, at least 45 subjects numbered to 30 or less with a platinum parallel. Tier 1 balls. That'll be interesting to see if that's actually a piece of game-used ball on a Tier 1 card. And then, of course, logo patches. Get those big, chunky logos. 
So another one, Tier 1 Autograph Footballs, features 50 subjects, each of them numbered one of one. So that'll be cool to see the material that that's on. Lots of new boundary-pushing product in 2021 Bundesliga Tier 1 soccer cards from Tops. And that's a look at what's going to be hot in the shop. All right. Uh, we've got, we're going back to back with two special video segments for you. We're going to follow up and finish up Ty's commentary on uh, inflation from Bench Clear Media. And then it's back to Dallas where Ivan Lovgren talks to Dallas card investors. Very interesting. Then we'll be back to announce this week's prize winners. So Ivan, get to work, and we will be right back after these two special video segments. Now, May 20th, 2021, it's a lot harder to make a, a buck in the hobby because prices will pull back 30, 40, 50% on certain products, graded cards, sports. Um, and so you're starting to see people either leave the hobby uh, because it's too hard to make a buck um, or people realizing that, oh shoot, this is gonna be a grind. Like this is gonna be really hard to do this. And they, they either try to do the, make, the, make the grind work or they just, they're just not gonna do it because they don't wanna put in the time. Like a lot of us had to do for years and years and years in the hobby, um, not just as a collector, but as a, you know, a collector trying to make a profit, you know, to sell cards. It was, it's been a grind for decades. And now that we're going back into that world where you got people leaving because it's a little bit harder to make money, you can't find product now on the retail side, so it'll be like a bot game, which will be totally dis disgusting. Um, to inflationary issues causing problems uh, with discretionary funds, to the other issue of manufacturers are finally going to get back into the swing of things here pretty soon. And they're going to be able to print, uh, hopefully, I shouldn't say hopefully, they're going to probably be able to print very soon uh, at the levels they were printing a year and a half ago. So the question then becomes, if they start running the printing presses, they ramp up production back to 2019, early 2020 levels, but we're losing, we start losing some of that new base and we have inflationary issues, can the sports car market survive that? Can, I mean, survive being, do we not see a massive crash across the board? Uh, that is my big concern right now in, in kind of this really strange time in the economy and all of these variables with the supply chain and uh, just a lot of the risk involved in, in being heavily invested in sports cards. So my takeaway would be watch very carefully what's happening. Uh, we'll try to talk about it on the channel more if we can. And if you guys like us talking about this type of stuff, but also I would, I would be very careful not to stretch yourself too far into investing into sports cards or doubling down on certain things. Uh, you're going to start seeing a lot of things flood back into the market, whether it's graded cards from PSA or if it's uh, you know wax starting to hit the print the printers again, that stuff will start to catch up, and it will it will take its toll on the hobby, coupled with inflation, 
and you could have a you could have a pretty tough little cycle there that the, the hobby is going to have to endure. So that's just my quick thoughts on on kind of the effect of inflation on the hobby and some of the risk I see, uh, and then uh, and then my thoughts on maybe what happens with the print run and the risk of manufacturers not doing a really good job and being strategic in the way they decide um, the numbers of product print runs um, and such. So anyway, I would love your thoughts below. Tell me what you think, and uh, we'll do these more if you think it's helpful. If you've been in the hobby for more than a day, then you know how fast the sports card market moves. There are now more options than ever to buy, sell, and research your cards. One of the most frustrating hurdles in the hobby is the fees when selling your cards. You know, those other popular marketplaces, the ones with their average seller transaction fee of 10%, the ones that don't have the seller's interest in mind. Wait, what? Who would do that? Well, hold on to your horses. No, not those horses. Welcome to the Card Flip, a place where we want to provide a simple alternative to buying and selling cards. No clutter, just you, graded cards, sealed wax, and the easiest of transactions. So what do you say? Are you in? Great. Welcome to the Card Flip, the seller's marketplace. card investors. Uh, Derek, tell us, what is the service that your company provides? Yeah, great question. So we do raw card reviews for people. So our whole goal, we're trying to keep you from sending in cards that are going to get six, sevens, and eights, and get more of those cards that are going to get nines or tens. So we charge a service for that. We're doing them all right here, live in front of everyone. So, you know, we're not switching the cards out. It's all right in front of the public here. So Doing that, every single card comes back with an estimated grade, shows all the damage, any imperfections on the card. And then from there, we're certified dealers for PSA, Beckett, and CSG. Awesome. Uh, how long have you guys been operating? And, and tell me a little bit about the scale in the current sports card market. Yeah, so we've been uh, operating as a company for almost about a year now. We've been in the hobby for years and years. Our founders actually used to own a card shop back in the early 2000s. We've been in the hobby for a long time, super well known in that. We had a write-up, uh, a couple different write-ups in ESPN. So go to ESPN.com, search for PSA. We're the main focus of that article about our services. So That's really cool. Um, so obviously PSA changing services, uh, all the price increases. What have you guys seen as far as grading demand goes in the midst yeah. of all the things that the grading companies are doing? Yeah, so great question on that. So we're still getting a ton of demand coming in. All the lower service levels, that business slowed up a little bit or it switched to someone like CSG um, because it's a super economical way to be able to get your cards done quick. Um, we are still getting a lot of high dollar cards going super express every single week. We actually fly to California and deliver those cards every week. So we're getting, you know, multiple of those, usually 20 to 30 a week that are coming through. So there's still a ton of demand, uh, still pushing those out in the market. So CSG is the new one in town. Yep. Um, what trends have you seen with either their, their grades, their strictness, their secondary market prices, their turnaround times? Yeah. Or so, just the look of them? Yeah, 100%. So, well, here, I've got one for you, so we'll show it to you. So here's a CSG 10, Bryce Harper, not a bad card. So... Uh, in general, what we're seeing, so they've been very strict on grading. Uh, their grading standards seem to be really tough. I do like the subgrades. Their, their slabs are crystal clear, which is great. So I'm a big fan of that. 
we're seeing their sales prices in their 9.5s. They're coming in above an SGC 9.5, maybe 10% below a Beckett 9.5. So you have to understand a couple things. So if you're talking about a $100 Beckett 9.5, it'll sell for 90 ish in a CSG 9.5. That's probably a $70 card in an SGC. Um, but where you're saving is you're saving on the cost of your grading fees. So CSG grading fees are starting quite a bit less than Beckett is right now. So you're getting an extra profit in that portion if you're doing a lot of flipping. So Awesome. And yeah. where can our viewers find you guys? Uh, DallasCardInvestors.com. You can go to our TikTok. You can go to Instagram. It's all under Dallas Card Investors. Right. Well, uh, again, Ivan, thank you. That was very cool. Yeah. It was also, I mean, it was super cool for me. I know that that one focused specifically on the Dallas card investors, but one of the reasons I stopped there was they had that giant case of CSG graded cards. And I've seen so much debate about them and so many people critiquing the labels. And you, did you like them in hand? Yeah, well, so first off, full disclosure, I have an order of about 100 cards into them. So, yes, I do have a stake with them. But it really stopped me and blew me away in hand. One, none of the pictures get that sparkliness of the labels. None of the pictures that you see get that. It's something yep. that happens when it moves. The other thing is they literally are crystal clear. Like, they stand out next to I'm looking at my desk, and I've got a BGS and a PSA right here. They stand out next to it, which is really cool. I like that. But the other thing I just wanted to touch on, because you asked about the Dallas Card Show vibe, that I thought was super interesting that Dallas Card investors depicted, and there was some snapshots of it in the previous video with Rich Klein, is displays have taken a whole new level. I cannot wait for the national because there's such there's so much competition to get people to stop at your table now that vertical displays um, have have just popped. You know, trying to make things look like showcases and museums is absolutely crazy. So I tried to get as much of that as I could on the on the video. Um, there was one company there I can't remember their name. My my slab display or something. Um, I don't, but they're super cool. It literally sits against clear glass and you can't see the sticky back of it, but it's perfect for slabs. It's just like they're hanging suspended in midair. You can't tell. Cool. It's so cool. So that's, that's kind of just an interesting subset of the hobby is a lot of people going to very unique. How do I display this in a, in an eye catching way? So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's a key part. It's one of the topics I love about the hobby is curating curating your collection yeah all right well um that's a, gonna about wrap things up we're at the point where we got to give some stuff away ivan all right well hey we've got some winners uh thankfully those videos were long enough i was able to pull all seven winners um but yeah so we're gonna go ahead and uh give away some hits here give away some cards uh as a thank you to everybody for watching and also to the manufacturers for letting us preview these incredible products each year each week so uh that said there's some ground rules some housekeeping if you hear your name called 
one, you have to be watching the show all the way through. We're re- rewarding y'all who have been sticking around with us. So you have to claim your prize by emailing us when you hear your name called. We're not going to email you. you got to email us. Email us right there on the screen, gogtslive at gogts.net. Make sure you include your name, your mailing address, because that's how we get it to you. It doesn't transport over the internet. Your uh, Twitter handle, so we can match it up easy, and what you won, so we can match it up easy. Uh, So starting off with the bonus hit from last week, the Tim Hardaway Auto. It's pretty freaking awesome. Sad I missed it, but glad I get to see it now for a second. That's going to Lambo 5000. Congratulations, Lambo 5000. Uh, you're going to win that Tim Hardaway auto. Uh, switching to Match Attacks, which was a little different. You had to actually post something from your collection to be entered to win this. Uh, well, I got two good friends here that did, so that's awesome to see their names pop up. The hits from Match Attacks, the big stack is going to Alex Kent. And then that Jaden Sancho Silver from Match Attacks is going to NJ Sensation. Congratulations, NJ Sensation. Uh, and then finally from uh, Score, we have four winners, um, starting off with the Alan Lazard Green Bay Packers auto. Uh, this is going to, there's like a 50-50 chance that he's a Green Bay Packers fan. CJ Cub for life. Cub for life. So I'm guessing he's a Cubs fan, which means he may be in Chicago, maybe a Bears fan, but maybe he's closer to the Wisconsin border. Maybe he's a, a Packers fan. Who knows? Um, that said, we've got another another winner with the team name in their name for the Terrell Edmonds auto, but it's not a Steelers fan necessarily. It's Big Cowboy 22. Big Cowboy 22. You won the Terrell Edmonds auto. Uh the Najee Harris auto is going to Old Oaks LLC. Old Oaks LLC. Congratulations. And then the Dak Prescott autograph. Uh, beautiful inscriptions there on the pinnacle. Pinnacle inscriptions. It's going to at Orange Bull Kane. Congratulations, Orange Bull Kane. Guessing a Miami Hurricanes fan. So I don't know how the teams matched up with uh, the names and fans matched up with what they won. But again, trade, sell. We know if you sell the cards you win from our show, you're just going to buy more cards, right? That's the way the hobby works. So um, thank you, everybody, for entering to win. I covered all the prizes and all the names, right, Rob? You're good to go, brother. Awesome. As usual. Um, Yeah, that's going to put... A wrap on this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Thank you to Emily Kless and Tracy Hackler for providing prizing for tonight's show. And uh, next week's guest is going to be Scott Greenberg, co-founder and CEO of Starstock. We'll mm-hmm. also have a pre-recorded special interview segment with Kevin Lalane of Genement. Ooh. Uh, so we've got a lot of good stuff coming next week, content wise for you as well. So, um, yeah, we'll do it all over again next week. In the meantime, have a great weekend and always be collecting. We'll talk to you guys 